0: Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is January 26th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block and we're going to switch back over and we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 3. Now in this chapter we're going to see something really, really fascinating. These verses are so interesting and in our modern day vernacular it might sound weird or confusing, but in their culture, in their time, this would have been really hard-hitting, and I really, really like what it can teach us. So again, let's review. John is talking to the people. He's talking to them about how they're a generation of vipers because they are so concerned about the work that they have totally removed Christ from the meaning of the actions. He also talks about how it's not enough just to be a descendant of Abraham, but they have to make covenants and be covenant people. Now, as part of that, in verse 10, he says, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now, that sounds really harsh. It sounds really strong. But essentially, John is saying, look, the axe is right there. Your destruction is imminent unless you bring forth these fruits, meet for repentance, unless you make covenants and become this continuously repentant people. And then again, in typical John fashion, he's going to point people towards Christ. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with Holy Ghost and with fire. And now listen to what he's going to say. This is just fascinating to me. It says, whose fan is in his hand. And he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Now, again, this is one of those things that you and I might hear and be like, um, what? (laughs) Because this is not a typical process that we see or that we experience or even that we hear about. But what he's describing here is the process of harvesting wheat. Whose fan is in his hand and will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. So, the process of harvesting wheat goes like this. First of all, and it doesn't even talk about this part, but first of all, you would separate the wheat from the tares. As you're harvesting, you're going to try to just separate and not get the tares, which look a lot like wheat, but it's a weed that grows noxiously in the wheat. And so you have to kind of discern the difference between good and bad. You have to discern the difference between the wheat and the tares. So that process has already taken place. And then they're going to bring all of this wheat into the floor. So they're going to bring it all in. And then they're going to go through a process of separating the wheat from the shaft. now. Now the shaft is kind of like Imagine it being kind of like a hole on a popcorn kernel, right? It's kind of like this outer edge that weighs next to nothing. And so what they're going to do is they're going to take all of this wheat and they're going to throw it up in the air. And then notice it says whose fan is in his hands. Then they fan it. Or if it's windy there, they just let the wind do it. But they'll fan it and it will blow the chaff away. That's a really powerful image when we think about Helaman 512, when it talks about being blown about like chaff in the whirlwind right? But here in this process, the wind or the fan is going to blow the chaff away. And then what you're left with, what comes back down to the ground is going to be the useful wheat and the chaff will be burned and the wheat will be put into the garner and will be put to use. Now, there are a couple things here, a couple lessons from this verse that I think are really Powerful for us to understand. First of all, we live in a world and we live in a society where one of Satan's biggest lies is that because God loves all his children, he accepts all of their actions. Meaning that because God and the Savior love us, it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter if we sin. It doesn't matter the choices that we make because they love us and they accept us and our choices no matter what. I'm sure you've heard this lie or some variation of it at some point. It's so prevalent and it's one of Satan's biggest tools is telling us this lie. Well, what we can learn from this verse is that it matters, that there comes a point when a separation occurs. There comes a point when God is going to separate wheat from tares or wheat from chaff. There comes a point when he is going to gather in the wheat In fact, all throughout the New Testament, we see evidence that what we do matters. Christ talks about commandments. He talks about righteousness. He talks about goodness. He doesn't do that just for fun. He does it because there are expectations for people who follow him. We are expected to be disciples, not just in word, not just in belief, but in action as well. And so I love this verse because it teaches me that even though God loves all his children. Absolutely. What we do matters. And there is a distinction between wheat and chaff. And there is a distinction between believers in word only and believers in action. Now, the other really powerful thing about this verse that I think has a more applicable aspect for us as believers is that just like the wheat was able to be sorted from the chaff because it was heavier and it would land and then they could gather it up and use it. In our lives, there are important, heavy, weightier things and things that don't matter that we have to separate from us and from our lives. Now, again, I'm not saying that God expects us to be reading our scriptures and listening to the tabernacle choir all the time. It is okay to have fun and it is okay to enjoy ourselves, but are we prioritizing the important. Are we able to separate those two things? Are we able to separate and prioritize what really matters from the fluff that we sometimes fill our lives with? Now, when I was thinking about this and thinking about our abilities to kind of recognize the fluff that sometimes we try to fill our lives with, it reminded me of a talk by Elder Ukdorf that he gave years ago called Of Things That Matter Most. And in that talk, he said that sometimes young pilots, when they experience turbulence, are tempted to speed up to try to get through the turbulence quicker. But that really, in order to get through that turbulence, you have to hit the exact right speed to kind of minimize the turbulence and get you through it. And oftentimes, that means slowing the plane down. This is what he says, quote, This is a simple but critical lesson to learn. It may seem logical when put in terms of trees or turbulence, but it is surprising how easy it is to ignore this lesson when it comes to applying these principles in our own daily lives. When stress levels rise, when distress appears, when tragedy strikes, too often we attempt to keep up the same frantic pace or even accelerate, thinking that the more rushed our pace, the better off we'll be. Let's be honest, it's rather easy to be busy. We can all think up a list of tasks that will overwhelm our schedules. Some might even think that their self-worth depends on the length of their to-do list. The wise will understand and apply the lessons of the tree rings and air turbulence. They resist the temptation to get caught up in the frantic rush of everyday life. They follow the advice, there is more to life than increasing its speed. In short, they focus on the things that matter most. Elder Dallin H. Oaks, in a recent general conference, taught, We have to forego some good things in order to choose others that are better or best because they develop faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and strengthen families. Brothers and sisters, let us be wise. Let us turn to the pure doctrinal waves of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, indeed, we have great reason to rejoice— If life and its rushed pace and many stresses have made it difficult for you to feel like rejoicing, then perhaps now is a good time to refocus on what matters most. Strength comes not from frantic activity, but from being settled on a firm foundation of truth and light. It comes from placing our attention and efforts on the basics of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. It comes from paying attention to the divine things that matter most. Let us simplify our lives a little. Let us make the changes necessary to refocus our lives on the sublime beauty of the simple, humble path of Christian discipleship, the path that leads always towards a life of meaning, gladness, and peace. My friends, it's my testimony that as we separate the meaningful from the fluff that sometimes fills our lives— that we are better able to focus on what matters most and find the savior more frequently in our lives. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.